Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Remember the devil's MO. I'll get to you guys in just a second. Remember the, de- the, the devil's MO. I'm going to show you a video in just a second. It's the removal of the word. This coincides with what I'm about to show you. Luke chapter 8, verses 11 and 12 says, Now the, par- the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. This is the parable of the sower. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away what out of their heart? Their loving feeling? The hyper grace doctrine they've been taught in the ark church? He takes away the word out of their heart. That's the devil's MO. That's what's happened in the modern church is that the word is gone. Tom, do you always have to preach? Do you always have to rip on the modern church? Yep. (laughs) Because there is an end times falling away right now and the church is cooperating. The church is it. It's not because they're lacking a worldly sense of love. Well, I love you and you love me. Let's all go sit in a tree, whatever it may be. (laughs) It's because the word is gone. All the churches closed in 2020 and many are still closed right now worldwide. And most churches have never repented of closing that are open. Why? Because the devil came in and stole the word. That's always the purpose of the enemy. Jesus is the word, and he thought that he was stealing Jesus too. There is no delineation between this and Jesus Christ. If this makes you uncomfortable, understand that you would never vote Jesus in to be your pastor. But that's what's happened in the modern world, and it leads to the person that we're having to come speak next Sunday, Pastor Arthur Pulaski. As Jeff told you, we'll be here next Sunday. Do not miss. Make sure that you, if you miss, look at me now. If you miss, you are missing possibly a once in a lifetime opportunity. Don't worry about the seating. We will find a way. He'll be here for both services. You do not want to miss what this man has to tell you. It will not be an hour's worth of all COVID-19. It will not be. He's actually going to share a testimony about his own son, which I'm not going to ruin it by telling you what it is because I've already heard it. But you need to be here. He is one of the most anointed men of God you'll ever be in the presence of. Make sure that you're here. Play it for me, guys. Out. I don't want to hear anything out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property. I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable. Sick. Evil people, intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You can stop on Nazi, communist, fascists. Don't you dare coming back here. 
sweet as he is fervent. He really is a genuine, wonderful man of God, but there is no, uh, you know, I was sitting in a room with him and uh, Pastor Rodney. There's a, there's a room full of people that will never, ever back down. Two of them, uh, two of them have been ushered away in, the, in handcuffs. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown arrested in Hernando County, Florida. For what? Inciting a church service. Pastor Arthur Pulaski arrested in Canada. Did you know where he is in Canada? I don't remember what, what I can't remember. Is it Ontario? Alberta. Alberta. You're the man. Thank you. Alberta, Canada, which is basically America, north. Arrested for what? Inciting a church service? This is why you do not allow the word to be stolen. A lot of Christians replace the word with their version of kindness and love. The word is the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. God is love. So the word of God is love. If you're reading in the Old Testament where God opened up the earth and swallowed a bunch of human beings... That's love because God in 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 is love. You see, you're afraid to amen that. I get it because you see you've been co-opted. You've been propagandized. Maybe you haven't come to this church long enough. God is love. He knows what he's doing. That's the truth. You stand in it. Now the parable is this. Back to Luke 8, 11, and 12. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word. The word, not the good feeling, not the shivers, not the goosebumps, the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Then you have John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh. This became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the devil had plans for Jesus too. The devil saw to it that Jesus was nailed to a tree, buck naked. I know all of you think that he had some loincloth on. That's not how it worked. Naked to a cross. For you and I, believing that he eliminated God's prophet. Believing that he eliminated God's plan, but what he actually did was institute God's plan. Revelation 1.18 says this. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hell. So what the devil meant for bad, God turned around for good, but it was still the devil's plan to steal the word. Can never, God didn't let him steal the word. What did God do? Sent the word to hell, take the keys for you and I so we never have to go there. You never have to step foot in hell ever, ever in life. It doesn't matter whether you're a foundation church member or not. You never have to go to hell ever because Jesus went there for you. Everybody thinks that it was just he removed your sin. Yes, he removed your sin, but he also removed your ability to go to hell if you only trust in him. But the devil still tried to remove the word. Christians today believe that the Bible is too mean to believe. They filter it. That's why they all closed. Because the word came out and says to them, the word is speaking to them. The Holy Spirit uses his sword. It is the sword of the spirit. 
And the devil, and the, the Holy Spirit comes to Christians and says to them, well, what should you do in the midst of a virus? What should you do in the midst of tyranny? What is, the, what is God's answer to tyranny? It is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is? Amen. Amen. See, that's what it is. 2 Corinthians 3.17. God's answer to tyranny is the word. God's answer to tyranny is freedom. So when, when tyranny comes, and believe me, it's knocking at our door. Will you stand? QR codes everywhere. You have, the, you have the president on national TV saying he's gonna go on a door knocking campaign. You got your vaccination? Nope, shove it up your rear end. That will be my response, with the needle included. Jam it all up in there, get it in there. Don't you stop till it's all in there now. That's what they're getting. They come knocking at my door. And I just want to say to all the COVID caving Christians, including the pastors, how do you like it now? How do you like me now? You've licensed tyranny in your own country and you still refuse to repent. No, we're open. Open doesn't count. Repentance counts. Did you ever come out and say you never should have closed and that you were wrong? Because now look what's happened. You've unleashed the antichrist spirit. Look at Pastor Pulaski being dragged down the street because of you. Every, if, if nobody complied, what would they do? There's millions of us. But by complying, you open the door for the antichrist spirit to drag pastors into prison. He's not the only one either in Canada. You have Pastor Tim Stevens who just got out, arrested in his own driveway in front of his six kids. They're them all by, saying, crying and saying goodbye, Daddy. And whose fault is it? Judgment begins, 1 Peter 4, 17, at the house of God. Doesn't begin with the world. Of course Fauci wants it. Of course the garden gnome wants tyranny. Anybody, anybody who acts like Fauci and looks like Fauci wants tyranny. They love being alone. Lock them up forever. They're a bunch of power perverts in the church. Cave to them. And now to this day, in the midst of it, you just had, I showed you the video last week or the week before, where you have the European Union saying, you know what, look at us. I'm talking about the president of the European Union at that time. 13 countries signed up for their QR codes on their phones where you will not do what? Buy, sell, or trade without them. And yet the church in Europe doesn't repent. The church in Europe doesn't preach it. The church in America is still not preaching it. Who's preaching this outside of Arthur Pulaski, me, Rodney Howard Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth? Who else is preaching this stuff? Nobody. But you know why? Because the consequences of the truth is too much of a threat to their portrait. They're afraid. You know what I do when I do something stupid and sadly that's a regular occasion? Do you know what I do? 
If confession is needed, I go do what? Confess. If an apology is, some of you out here, you never apologize. You have spouts with your, with your spouse and you never, you just, you just like the COVID caving pastor, you just reopen. And you just pretend like, you just pretend like it never happened. You coward. Said nothing to do with the message. This is a bonus. You're a coward. You won't go admit to your spouse, I was wrong. You pansy. I don't care, girl or boy. You're a pansy. You, go, you can try to rush me right now and say, I'll show you how much of a pansy you are. I got Rocky right there. Good luck with that. Good luck. Not to mention there's 47 guns in this place right at this very moment. Good luck. Guns in high places. <laughs> so you got to understand something. Jesus' style is repentance. It's not paving it over. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go and you make it right. If it, if you're, if, listen, if it wasn't you, don't make it right. But if you know it's you, make it right. That's the Bible. That's the word of God. Confessing your faults one to another. Confessing your sins. That's the Bible, repentance. Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to, began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another. 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins. He's faithful and just and will forgive you. That's Jesus' style. If you're not doing that, you're wrong. You're wrong. Well, you know, the reason why you won't go apologize is it's too much of a threat to you. Well, then everybody will know that I'm wrong. They already know you're stupid. <laughs> they already know. My family knows when I've been stupid. I don't even, it's been exposed. You did it. Now go confess it. At least you can mitigate it. You ain't going to take it all away. So the devil comes in to steal the word of God. Then you have the other tactics from other sources, all meant to steal the word. You need to understand that. If, if, if there's no quick, powerful, and sharp word in your church out of Hebrews 4.12, you are at the wrong church. You're at the wrong one. Stop running from the word of God that bothers you. It's the same as not apologizing. It's too much of a threat to you, to your own self-image. Forget your self-image. You're crucified with Christ in a living sacrifice. Who cares about your self-image? Go ahead and be like me. It's already over. It's over. I've lost every friend I've ever had. I don't care. Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's Philippians 3, 7, 3, 8 if you want it. There's other sources that will come in to steal from you. And it's intermingled. It can be carnal, which means of the five senses. It can be of the world or it can be of the devil. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 13. Again, speaking of the word. Remember what Jesus said. Now the parable is this out parable of sowers in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 8. Here's Luke 8. 
Remember how it starts. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Luke 8, 13. Those on the rock, the seed that fell on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing or the time of temptation, fall away. Temptation. Now we have, we have the crossover because you have the enemy. How, how is the enemy involved in temptation? How is the world involved in temptation? A lot of people will say, well, I caved because the enemy tempted me. Is that possible? You're like, what, what is this that you speak of? See, many Christians, their theology is not the Bible. They believe they can be stolen away by the enemy's temptation. That's not the case. Or they believe God's, God's tempting them. Let's look. James chapter 1, 13 through 15. When tempted, look at this now. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor, nor, nor does he tempt anyone. Here we go now. But each one is tempted when, here it comes, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. You cannot be tempted unless you are harboring evil desire. There is no way for the devil to touch your soul unless you are harboring evil desire. That can mean this. Well, if this possibility happened, then I'd go. It could be anything. You have to actually be harboring. You have to be in partnership with the devil to be tempted by the devil. Hence the reason was Jesus actually tempted the devil was trying, but Jesus answered him with the word. You have to be in partnership for temptation to be tempting. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it all grows up, gives birth to death. That's how the world comes in. Then you have Luke chapter 8, verse 14. So you have the devil... Then you have the devil in conjunction with us, and then you have the world. Luke 8, 14. Now the ones, the seed of the word of God. Let me read the first verse to you again. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, 12. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Now the ones, the seed that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. The world will send its minions in to steal the word. to steal the word. Choke you out with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. If you are in this room this morning, you are rich. Beyond the wildest dreams of 99% of the rest of the world. I don't care what kind of credit card debt you're in. I don't care if you just lost your house to foreclosure. Understand. That you are rich beyond the wildest dreams of most people on the North American continent, let, let alone the rest of the world. And we get choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. I look at all the reasons that people dump on church on a Sunday morning. Well, why weren't, I, don't, I don't ask anybody. I don't even want to know. I follow the military rule of don't ask, don't tell. I don't even know why, I don't even want to know why people miss because it's absolutely disgusting a lot of time. I'm not talking about you that go out of town. Don't meet me at the door this morning. Tom, I just want you to know the reason why we love this loud. I don't know, you're good. 
I'm talking about all the convoluted reasons that people miss church. Well, it's just so early. It's early. Is that what you call? Do you call in? Do you call in to work to that? I can't think of myself at the sheriff's office. Hey, how's it going, LT? Uh, it's just early today. I mean, uh, <laughs> didn't get a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> Stayed up late, binge watching, whatever. Second Timothy two four says, "No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life." Do you know what that means? Let me give you the deep dark meaning with for that. It means that no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. <laughs> one more time. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. What's the affairs of this life? The affairs of this life. <laughs> what about my children? Most Christians should build Ezra poles to their own kids and burn incense to them. Because that's who they worship. You know, a lot of people lose eye contact with me at that point. They're like, well, I'm done. Kids are number one. You're sending them straight to hell doing that. You make your kids your golden idol, you're sending them straight to hell doing it. No kid, listen, what happens to people that are worshiped in our culture? They kill themselves. Have you ever noticed? We could go from one lead singer of one band, one actor after another, that are worshiped, people see them and actually literally worship them. They kill themselves. You know Why? Because human beings are not meant to be worshipped, and that includes your kids. Women cut off all their hair. No, I won't do that to you. (laughs) There's more sticking that to my wife right there. She hates it when I preach that. She says, you need to explain it if you're going to say it. What's, what's What's the order in life? God, your spouse, and then your kids. Please read the Bible. Read the Bible instead of following all the Christian books on the shelf. And yes, I said the Christian books on the shelf, let alone the secular ones. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You're entangled if you're choked. Back to Luke chapter 8, verse 14. You're entangled if you're choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. By the way, think of it this way. And I'm not saying this, and I'm not prophesying, over the, uh, prophesying this over you. I'm just telling you, think of it this way. My kids will only accept about 70% of who I am as a believer. What are you giving them? I'm not saying that will happen, but if you live that way, if you're a very marginal Christian, barely hanging on, vacillating between church attendance and not church attendance, sin and not sin, what will your kids be? What will your kids do with the alcohol that you bring into the house? I know nobody else preaches about alcohol. I don't care. Leave the church. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I don't think you should let that curse in your house. Well, Tom, you're a lot. It's only about drunkards. Oh, really? You sure? You ever read Leviticus chapter 10, verse 8 and 9? When the Lord spoke to Aaron and his sons, you shall not drink wine or fermented drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting or you will die. This is a lasting ordinance for this generation and the generation to come. Man, it gets quiet with alcohol. See, I told you I've got a gift. I've got a gift. I really do. I have a gift. 
I bring dead silence into every room I go into. I'm talking, I brought dead silence to the River Church on Monday. <laughs> dead silence. I don't remember what I said, but it was dead silent, man. Dead silent. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. It seems like God thinks that's an attribute. That's Luke 1.15. Wine, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs 20, verse 1. I can go on. Just bring the Bud Light in, though. I didn't say, see how sweet I am? I didn't say you're going to hell for it. I'm not going to preach my own religion. I'm just saying, what will your kids do with it? And I love watching the parents falsely talk about themselves. For the rest of their lives, as if they didn't ruin their own kids. Quiet in here. Don't do it. Well, I've already ruined it. Turn the tide now. Not tomorrow. Now. He is a God of the now. Today's the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Turn things around today. Here's a verse you hear all the time around here. Some of us are mesmerized because we're sitting here going, what are these things that I'm hearing? This is the Bible. A lot of people have gone to churches for a long time and there is no Bible. It's a, it's a typed computer message, online message from sermons.com. Summer playlists and fool's gold are big right now. Preached throughout the country by churches that closed from March 2020 to March of 2021, but now they're reopened and they're preaching about fool's gold in summer playlist. Where's the beef? Those of you who aren't raised in the 80s, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you missed it. Things were actually creative back then. Instead of being repeatedly copied one time after another. You ever notice how stupid the world's getting? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The further you walk away from the fear of the Lord, the dumber you get. That's why in every, what do they have to do every Super Bowl Sunday now? Not that I watch the NFL anymore because I don't. What do they have to do? They have to break out the 70s guys. They're still hoping maybe we can get one more show out of the Rolling Stones or Prince. I know some of them are dead. I'm just saying that maybe we can get one more show. Maybe we get you two to come back one more time. Because everybody knew, first of all, they can't sing. Second of all, they're talentless. Third of all, they have no creativity to write good songs. Psalm 138.2 says, For you have magnified your word above all your name. And the enemy, because of that, wants it stolen. He wants it gone, as well as those who work for the devil, which is a lot of pastors. A lot of them signed up for Satan's army in March of 2020. For such are false prophets, false apostles, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. With these, the word will always be gone, or they'll add or subtract from it to suit their own personal 
agenda. Whatever it may be. It may be so the world marvels at them. Look how loving they are. That's right out of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. If you're trying to get people to say, look how loving they are. That was just, that was what was going on there. And first it says, expel the wicked man from among you. That's heresy to church people. The Bible itself, right there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13 is heresy to people. Expel the wicked man from among you. Do you know a pastor who would never do that? Most of them. I've kicked lots of people out of this church. Oh, you're never coming back. Thank you, though. I've told you I have my whole routine. Square peg, round hole. I got to, listen, I think we just got a kind of a square peg, round hole situation going on here. If I haven't done that to you, I want you back. If I do, I don't want you back. I have no problem with it. I trespass people off this property. I've told somebody who wanted, told me they refused to leave that if they show up here, I'll trespass them from this property. I have no problem. That's what's called leadership. That's what's called protecting your flock. That's what you do. I love you guys. I care about you guys. I'm not letting heresy in the room. As well, I'm just not letting weird people run the show. If you want to be a weirdo, you go somewhere else. How do I judge weirdness? I'm not even getting to my message today. <laughs> how, how do I judge weirdness? If it's all about you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm not looking for everybody in the congregation to be looking at you instead of looking at Jesus. Look at that. Look at that activity going on up there in the third row. No, we're good. That'll last. If you're lucky, that will last about a minute. You might get 60 seconds out of it until I'm there or one of my minions is there to take care of that. And see, the enemy is no dummy. Remember what I just said, Psalm 138 too. He's magnified his word above all his name. And see, the enemy is not stupid. You're talking about Lucifer. You're talking about Satan, chief, chief among angels. He's no dummy. Spent many, many, many thousands of years with God. He's not stupid. I'm not saying that I respect him, but I do respect his intellect. He's not a dummy. He knows the Bible. And so do some of his preachers. Some of his minions, they know the word of God. And the word of God says he's magnified his word above all his name. So what does the enemy do? He's a counterfeiter, so what he does is magnify the name above the word. He knows the Bible, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father through the name. It's a mighty name. So the devil will use it to contradict and steal the word. How dare you say that things, we're using the name of Jesus, Tom, and you're tearing down our church? 
Yeah, because the word trumps the name. You're using the name to trump the word. Therefore, you are acting in the capacity of a soldier of hell. The devil knows how powerful the name is, so he uses it. Look at us close our churches in the name of Jesus. Oh, the one who took up your infirmities and carried your diseases, who gave you the ability to bind and the ability to loose. See, they took the name and used it in substitution for the word. You don't do that. That's why pastors are being arrested because of you. When you do that, as your love, your version of love, which is counterfeit from the pit of hell, has trumped the word in the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus magnified his word above his name so that the name has to be accountable to the word. What do you do when sickness comes? The word. Not the flute players and the criers, the word. What does Jesus do with flute players and criers? Clear them out of the room. But that's the modern church, it really is. It's symbolic of the modern church. Look at us, love. Look at us, love. Jesus says, get out, let me raise him from the dead. Thank you. Appreciate it. That would, I mean, think about it. If you were the one, you got people in there playing their flutes. And you come in and say, get out, please. Thank you. Give me your flute. Okay, give me that. I'm adding my own. That's not in the Bible. It's my own little nuance. Matthew 24, 4 and 5. And somebody very important answered and said to them, and Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my word. Nope. They will never come in the word. They can't touch the word. You can't touch the word. You can nail the word to the cross. Then the word goes to hell, steals your keys, and gets raised from the dead and ascends to the right hand of the throne of God to come back again. You can't steal the word. They will come in the name in the name of love and compassion. Look at us love. In the name of Jesus, not the word Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They can't, they can't counterfeit the word. If they add or subtract to it, God will be glad to add to you the plagues that are written in this book. Read the book of Revelation. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying I am the, the Christ and deceive many. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, let's camp here for a couple of minutes. See, the problem in the church today, the title of this message series, if it's up there, you guys can throw that up when you get a second, is beware of the backslide. Nobody preaches it. Why? Look at me. The word's been stolen. Nobody talks about it. I want, I want you to think about it. For those of you, before you step foot in this church, how many messages have you ever heard preached about backsliding? Without falling away? How many of you went to churches where they never talked about it? How many of you went to churches where they didn't even believe in it? It's all over the, oh, again, that's the name of Jesus. 
That's not the word, Jesus. Not believing in the ability to backslide is not the word of God. That's the false love narrative. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. What? What? Paul, how dare you write that? That's not Christ-like. That is Christ. Examine. Who is this written to? The heathen at the bar? This is written to the bars in, Cor- in Corinth? This is, this is written to the opioid houses? They smoke op- opium in, in Corinth? This is written to the church. This is written to Christian believers. And Paul's telling them, examine yourselves to see whether or not you're in the faith. That's not preached. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. What the heck kind of word is this? Tom, how dare you say that? I didn't. That's the Bible. I've told you this before. I have people challenge me in this. If I'm in the mood, I answer them back. If it's you, and I know you, I'll always talk to you. I'm talking about Yahoo's online. I haven't been in church since March of 2020, but they're going to talk to me about faith. They'll send me all their, their Calvinist ideals, but not one Bible verse. And I answer them back with machine gun fire, baby. <laughs> Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse. I've got them all in my head, ready to go. Bible, I just sit there. And I always send them back the same response, because it's the same way every time, because it's a common spirit. It's a common demonic spirit that believes you cannot lose your salvation. I'm telling you, it's not true. How do you have a great falling away? I know that violates some of your doctrine. But you need to start reading the Bible. And I ended up telling him the exact same thing every time is, have you noticed that you are not answering me with Bible verses? You are answering me with what you believe. Because it's the same way every time because it is the common counterfeit demonic spirit. How could we ever be disqualified? There would be people that will preach message series for weeks about how you could never be disqualified when the scripture tells us to examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith unless indeed you are disqualified. And pastors will will teach a 12-week series on how you could never be disqualified. Because why? The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. You have backsliders in your church that need to repent. And the devil comes and steals the word so they never have the opportunity. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Matthew 23, 13, Jesus talking to a common Pharisaic spirit, shutting the kingdom of heaven in men's faces, people who have backslidden, and you don't talk to them? You don't try to save them? 
Because your Calvinist doctrine tells you that they're all right, when the Bible, again, that's the name of Jesus telling you that they're all right. The word that is Jesus, magnified above that name, is telling you that they are not all right. How do you get disqualified? 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if what? If we keep his commands. Oh, he's got a good heart. You know, he got saved when he was four. You know, he's been living with his girlfriend for 17 years. They got four kids out of wedlock, but you know what? He got saved when he was four, so he's all set. It's not what the Bible says. You're going to be judged by what the Bible says. You're going to be judged by books. Read Revelation chapter 20, 11 through 15, the great white throne judgment. And the books were opened. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in, the, in those books according to their works. That doesn't fit into my no work salvation thing. Yeah, I know. Because obedience isn't even a work. Obedience is belief. That's why you can say we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Because Hebrews chapter 3 verse 18 says that belief is, belief is faith. Obedience is faith. So that we know that we have come to know him if we are obedient. The man who says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That's the word. But you'll hear people come in and completely remove this in the name of Jesus because the name is established above the word. And it never should be that way. That's counterfeit religion. See, we have a state religion now. That's what the globalists want. The globalists want a monthly income for you. You won't, any, won't own anything and be happy. Seen the video, right? The Great Reset. You'll own nothing and be happy. I wonder if that applies to Prince Charles. Is he going to own nothing and be happy? I'm, do I get to move into Buckingham Palace? He owns it. It's all a big, giant commune. I get to move in. I get a couple, you know, a couple places like a room, like a, you know, John chapter fourteen mansion in heaven. Do I get to move in there too? I, I would suppose. I wonder if Klaus Schwab, I wonder if he's going to relinquish his billions, and that way he'll be happy. He'll own nothing and be happy. How about Billy Gates? I wonder if the Fouch will relinquish his millions. I'm just. I'm wondering. That's what they say anyway. So there's a state religion just like they want a state income. It's called stimulus checks. It's already happening. Canada right now, they're in the soul up there working. They've been sending out, they're running out of money. They're becoming like the U.S. One thing that Canada has been trouncing the U.S. on is that they were not in debt until now. Now they are. Because nobody's working. I know it's an exaggeration. I know some people are working. I'm just telling you. And I just want you to know, too, I was watching this. I put this on the podcast last night. Is that you got the Canadians and the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals and that they have people by the hundreds of thousands on the street jam-packed together with hardly any masks. That's absolutely no problem. At the same time, they're arresting Pastor Tim Stevens for inciting an outdoor church service. An outdoor church service. 
she never should have caved and gone outside anyway, mock them and do it inside. But anyway, it's like Arthur Pulaski did. They're arresting Arthur Pulaski and Tim Stevens, and you've got 100,000 Canadian fans on the streets, jam-packed. I'm talking about way closer than you are at the closest person in this room. All over each other, screaming. No problem whatsoever. But it was never, uh, you know, it's, trust the experts. It's all about your health. Community partner, good neighbor. Love one another, close your churches. Strip club closes, we'll close. In the name of Jesus. There's a state religion out there. You will comply. The state religion right now is, you know what? We'll tell you when to open and we'll tell you when to close. You know how the state religion starts? Again, it's the removal of the word, but let's even be more specific. How does the state religion start? It starts with the removal of the fear of God. Look what's happened to our country. We butcher the unborn to the tune of two million per year. And we talk about COVID? COVID? Two million babies per year butchered in the womb? Two million per year. They tell you 1.2 million. It's not. Why do I know that? Because I'm not destroyed for lack of knowledge. Who doesn't have to report their abortions? New York and California. That's a fact. Nobody denies it. They won't deny it. It's an absolute fact. So the number one and number two hubs in the United States of abortion do not, do not report their abortions in totality. They get to discern which ones. Just like a doctor gets to discern whether or not you have COVID. And if he discerns that you do and you die, that's a COVID death. Yeah, but they were struck by lightning. Doesn't matter. COVID death. <laughs> the flu has completely disappeared. COVID death. Same amount of deaths in 2020 as 2019, and all the Christians believe there's a pandemic. 2.9 million people died in 2020. 2.9 million people died in 2019. 2.9 million people died in 2018. 2.9 million people died in 2017. 80,000 of which were from the flu, but this year, no flu deaths. 138 million flu deaths by this, not flu deaths, flu cases by this time last year. How many have we had this year? 1,100. And the Christians don't see it and pastors aren't preaching it as they get assigned their QR codes, which has already happened in New York City called the Excelsior Pass. It's already happened throughout Israel, throughout Denmark, throughout the entire European Union. And pastors don't say a word because it's a threat. But they'll fight when it's time. That's what they'll say. This is not our fight. This is not our time. They say in their swarmy little arc tone that they've been taught at some sort of arc cult camp. <laughs> this is how you preach. Make sure you sound loving. That's why Biden comes up. I gave them $1.9 trillion. He went to the arc swarmy demonic camp too. Act sincere. Since what you're going to say has no sincerity whatsoever, whisper it so you sound sincere. <laughs> Word removal starts with removing the fear of the Lord. Always get the fear of the Lord out of there. That way, you know, when you're butchering the unborn, no problem. I don't have to answer to anybody. Oh, you're answering. 
Before he formed every last one of those souls in the womb, he knew them personally. You ask him, Tom, explain to me how that works. I don't know. <laughs> For his thoughts and his ways are above mine. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. I don't try to figure it out. He's God, I'm not. He knows every last one of those slaughtered babies in the womb before they were ever slaughtered, and he is not happy. You shall not take a human life. Exodus chapter 23 through 17. You don't take human lives. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 or 18, I can't remember which. The fool hath said in his heart, Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, there is no God. So what are you when you say that? Well, they're a good person. They just are an atheist. Really? Okay. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. That's why the European Union is assigning everybody a QR code that you will not buy, sell, trade, or travel without it. Because there is no fear of God. They don't even know. Did you think these people know that they're greasing the skits for the mark of the beast? No, it's all good news for them. You think Billy Gates in his little back room laboratory somewhere establishing quantum dot tattoo, tattoo technology is believing that it's evil? He doesn't think so. He thinks it's great. Look at what I'm doing. I, I, I've shown video after video of, of people going on mainstream media going, you know what? It is just time for us to establish a way for everybody to prove that they're vaccinated. Revelation. Chapter 13, 16 through 18, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And you're out there, do you think they know? They don't know. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and that number is 666. Revelation 13, 18. That's wisdom, but fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They have none because they don't believe God exists. And if they do believe God exists, it's their version in the name of whoever instead of the word. Yeah, but if I believe the word, that means my kids are going to hell. Then they're going to hell anyway. Why don't you get into the word and turn the tide? I don't care if they're 30, 40, or 12. Three, turn the tide. Stop lying to yourself. You're like, Tom, why do you always talk? Because it drives me nuts. You're my psychotherapist. You're all I have. Can't yell at my family all day. This is all I got. It's either podcast or you. I get so tired of seeing Christians saying that their kids are saved. I'm like, saved? How are they saved? Your kid is online. My kids are Facebook friends with your kids. And all your kid talks about is nudity with F-bombs and sex with, other, with whoever is in their life right now. Has that happened in this church? Yes. You're like, Tom, why don't you go to the parents? I'm not doing that. Go talk to your kid. I'm not going to go to you. Hey, by the way, I just want to tell you a little Johnny. 
He's not saved. And how do I know? Social media. It's not my job. He, he's 14 years old. You're paying for everything in his life. And I have to monitor his social media? Do your job. What's your job? What's your job? I'll let you ponder while I lube the tubes. What's your job as a parent? You own everything, do you not? Oh, no, no, they work and they earn their own. No, they don't. No, they don't. My kids have never even tried that. They know. I told them the funnel principle from day one. Funnel principle is everything's mine. Mine. You may, some of you ladies aren't going to like this, but I'm the head of my own home. Everything my wife makes mine is mine. No, you don't like it. You can shove it. I don't care if you like it or not. I go by the word of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Lay your life down for your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I'm the leader of the home. I'm going to be the one held accountable for it. So it's all going to go through me. If I'm going down, it's like, it's like Bill Parcell said. If I'm going to coach this team, then I need to be able to pick who's on it. Remember he said that? If I'm going to cook the meal, I ought to be able to pick the ingredients. I'm going to be held accountable for the Lipley family, for the four of us. I will be held accountable. So I'm running it. If I'm going down, it ain't going to be hope that sends me down. I'm going to go down doing my own thing or I'm going up. So what do you do with your kids? Who's buying all their stuff? I don't care if they're working at McDonald's and earning their $137 a week and paying for their car insurance. They only have the ability to work because of you. Think about what, what if they had to pay their own way? What, think about it. What, what would they do right now? Think about it. Can you even get a house right now? Can you even rent a house right now? You can't rent nothing for less than at least $1,800 a month. Anywhere. Good luck. People are, Aaron was talking about this, I think. He said people talk about moving down here. He's like, okay. I know you want to escape now. We know how many people moved into Florida in the past year and a half? Three million. What's our average? One million. You think there's houses here? Yeah, go out, little Johnny. Good luck. You remember now, when you go, though, you'll have to have $1,800 down and then another $1,800 at the, at, the, at the back end of that. So that's just starting. So good luck with that. So what do you do with your own kids? You run it. Well, you know, I don't want to breed rebellion. That's not in here. That's not in here. That has to do with, that, that has to do with not obeying God. Well, you know, I want them to make their own decisions. No. I don't like who you're dating. You're not dating them. I don't like who your friends are. You're no longer friends. My kids didn't even bother trying. They knew. You want to date somebody, you bring them to me. Bring them to me. They don't bother. The great part about it is because they both were raised on the word of God, there's not this overriding need to fill voids in their life with the opposite sex. So you rule your kids. It's one who rules their kids in their own house as well. That's what qualifies you for leadership, not cooperates. 
First Timothy 3, 4, and 5. Check it when you get home. The removal. Eight minutes to go. Everybody good? <clears throat> Look at this verse. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And people believe there's no God. It's the removal of the fear of the Lord. Christians don't live their lives as if God's eyes are in every place. But the deep theological meaning of this verse is the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding, he actually sits and beholds. Beholding is purposefully looking. That's what behold means. Look is what that means. Looking at the evil and the good. I'm going to close with these verses. And it's funny because these verses here, this one that's the one that's highly influenced, I'm going to highlight it first, highly spoken of, is actually negative, but everybody considers it to be positive. In the context, it can be positive, but in the context of where it is spoken, it's actually negative. Most of us know this first, Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, right? People are like, that's a positive verse. Let's look at it in context, starting in verse 7. Second Chronicles chapter 16, starting in verse 7. This is where we're finishing. We're going to do these verses and then a, one out of the book of Proverbs and we're done. And at that time, Hanani, the seer, like priest, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you have relied on the king of Syria, what happened? Asa, king of Judah, got with Syria when he wasn't supposed to, became allies with them to fight against Israel. You don't do that. Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. What was supposed to happen? He was supposed to own Syria too, but instead <coughs> he partnered with them. That should sound eerily familiar. We should have owned this entire coronavirus situation, but instead we partnered with the purveyors of it. Not we in this church. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubin not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. The word instead of your wisdom. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Does everybody ever read the second part of the verse to you? Welcome to Foundation Church. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. What, what happened to us right now? We're in the midst of a war that the church of Jesus Christ is losing. They don't even know they're losing it. They don't even know they're in a war. Then Asa was angry with the priest, with the seer, and put him in prison. That's, that's odd, isn't it? Angry with the one who just told him the word. And Asa was actually a decent king. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in prison for he was enraged at him because of this. Because he was told the truth, he was enraged. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Wow, this sounds familiar. 
doesn't it? Word removal, word removal starts with the removal of the fear of the Lord. Worship team, make your way up here. I'll finish right here. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21 says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. How many of us live our lives that way? How many of us live our lives that way? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he looks at, he ponders, he ponders, he sits back, and he thinks, I mean, this, I'm going to be honest with you, this actually bothers me, that God sits back and ponders my goings because of how I've behaved at times. But begin with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, is the beginning of wisdom. Don't run to the ark-style churches, the soft-pedaling churches that teach you things like, well, that's just reverence. No, it's not. Fear in both the Old and New Testament runs from reverence to off what's called, it's actually, this is a quote, awful fear. Don't run from any level of that fear. Fear of the Lord will keep you out of sin. Nothing wrong with that. How many of you had a great father growing up? Anybody? Were you afraid of him? He wasn't great unless you were. Tom, how can you say that? It's an absolute fact. I love my dad. He was a great dad. The whole house changed when dad walked in the room. Everything changed. Mom, we'd push her all day long. Dead silence when my dad walked in. I loved my dad, but I was scared of him. Didn't poke that bear. Walked around the bear, let the bear hibernate. <laughs> that was that. There's nothing wrong with that fear. Don't let it be removed because if the fear is removed, the word has been removed. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Praise you. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.